0: Welcome to the Pasho Perspective, a place where I offer my perspective on everything in the space between life and death. I'm your host, Pasho. Today we're going to be talking about a video I like to show my students, titled How Social Media is Making Us Mentally Ill, by Jonathan Haidt. If you remember the name, Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff uh, are the authors of a book that came out a couple of years ago titled The Coddling of the American Mind, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. If you have not read this book, I'll put a link in the notes, but I strongly suggest you read it. It is a very interesting book written by two liberal writers who ironically have very uh, a lot of Uh, opinions that I actually agree with and that I would like to share today. Obviously, I won't be talking about everything. I'm only talking about this specific video. Again, if you searched on YouTube how social media is making us mentally ill, you should be able to find it. So the video uh, starts off talking about millennials and how millennials have higher connectivity than any other generations before. Uh, The new Gen Zs or iGen uh, we're basically born with technology already in their pocket. Uh, you know, they've never known and will never know what life was like without an iPhone, without an iPad, without social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc. And he also points out that because they are so connected on technology, that, you know, being a, I think he's a social psychiatrist, um, he has noticed that millennials then, because of their high connectivity, uh, have higher anxiety uh, to experience more depression and be more suicidal, which is kind of crazy, you know, because I'm from Gen Z and my wife is, you know, the the first, you know, years of a millennial. And, and so now we've got children, you know, we've got three kids who are iGeners and it's kind of terrifying You know, the fact that they spend way more time on technology than we have ever done. And although, you know, we euphemistically refer to these applications on the phone as social media, they are anything but. You know, he then goes, you know, further in the video and starts talking about how boys and girls are equally aggressive. You know, we would expect boys to be more aggressive than girls because of who knows. Uh, But he says that, you know, that's not the case. Boys are not more aggressive than girls. It's just we express our Aggression in different ways. For example, boys when they go onto social media uh, are usually, you know, looking for teamwork video games. You know, if you look at things like Fortnite, where you know you, you create a gang or a, a group and then you fight other groups, you know, and so it's kind of that camaraderie. Uh, I remember even in World of Warcraft, you know, which is really dating myself, but you know, I remember you know my brother and his friends, you know, would talk about like a certain date, certain time, you know, be at this place. We're going to take on this monster, you know, for the first time, and so you know, it's, you get a lot of socializing, which you know, for boys typically, you know, we're not too social, at least not like our counterparts, and so social media kind of offers us that outlet then to get onto multiplayer platforms. And to have conversations and the chat and to develop plans and scheme and, you know, do things so that we can thwart our opponents and, you know, maybe get the most points or, you know, new upgrades and stuff like that. I mean, I don't play video games uh, anymore nowadays, but I do remember the time when I did. Uh, where here, Jonathan Haidt mentions that girls, you know, although equally aggressive, they're, they have a relational aggression, where boys are more of a, a social aggression, a, a physical aggression, you know, where they're actually beating people up or shooting bad guys on the screen. Where girls typically aren't playing those kinds of games, right? They're not, I mean, and again, I'm not saying that girls don't play Call of Duty, but, you know, if you're going to look at the audience, it, it's relatively all men, okay? And so for girls, Jonathan Haidt says that. They have relational aggression, meaning that you know they don't go to video games. Instead, they go to social media, right? So they'll you know go to Twitter, they'll go to Facebook, Snapchat, um, TikTok. I mean, you know, all these other social apps. I personally suggest you stay off of them. All it does is make your life miserable. It tethers you yet to one more thing that becomes an addiction. Let it go, let it be. And I know I'm saying it ironically as I'm reaching you through all these social media platforms. But honestly, if you want to live a happy life. You don't need me. You don't need the rest of the world. Be happy and content with your family and your friends. You know, be grateful for the things that you have. Work hard and strive for the things that you desire. And don't blame anybody for anything. But anyway, that's a, maybe a different podcast for another time. And so because girls are more likely to get onto social media, they start to suffer from more bullying, right? Because a kid can get bu- be bullied at school, but when he goes online, he's hanging out with his friends. And so the bullying stops where... For girls, they can get bullied at school and the bullying does not stop like when they get on social media and they go to Twitter or Snapchat or... And then, you know, the mean girls that pick, her on, pick on her at school also start picking on her pictures and her videos uh, that she's tagged in or that she posts, you know, and troll her and, you know, say awful things. And, you know, I mean, I honestly believe that social media is the number one factor as to why suicide rates, suicide rates have gone up because... I mean, think about it. you know, we are we used to raise children, like in my generation, you know, we always had that idea of sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never break me. Where this generation, I mean, they misconstrue words for violence. You know, they say that it's hurtful. I remember seeing some fanatic out of Seattle, you know, say that if a trans person beats somebody up because they were misgendered in their pronouns, that that was a reasonable cause to physically hurt somebody because they really believe that your words were just as violent as actual physical violence and aggression. That's insane. So anyway, because girls are more social, they experience more bullying, right? It doesn't stop. It follows them even when they get home. And then they get feelings also of FOMO and FOBLO. Now, if you don't know what that means, FOMO, right, the acronym F-O-M-O means fear of missing out, and FOBLO is the fear of being left out purposefully, you know? So it doesn't hurt so much because you weren't invited, but it kind of hurts when you start looking at pictures and videos of all your other friends who got invited, and then that person is, is putting it on social media so that you know you were the only one who didn't get to experience it. You were left out on purpose, which... I can only imagine, you know, play some tricks on the psyche. And then the fear of missing out, I can relate to that all too often. My two younger, my two sons, when they were younger, man, they never wanted to take a nap. They never wanted to go to sleep because they always wanted to be there and see what was happening and to not miss out on anything. I mean, it even got to the point where my oldest son would sleep on my shoulder because he didn't want to be put down or laid down anywhere. He wanted, you know, to always be there in the middle of everything. And so, you know, it's kind of crazy. And so these poor girls, you know... And when I was told this, I man, I was told this like, I don't know, like eight years ago, you know, suicide rates for girls between 14 and 24 were going up. You know, this was at a, a district meeting. And the irony is that the person giving the presentation could not account for why these suicide rates between, in girls between the ages of 14 and 24 were going up. And I mean, I'm, I'm no genius, but I started thinking to myself, maybe it's social media, Maybe it's how much weight and power we're starting to give other people, you know? I mean, we used to have that saying that, you know, life is 90% or 10% what life puts on you and 90% how you deal with it, right? Your attitude. And our attitudes have become so soft and so weak, we can't even take criticism heck not even Will Smith can take a flip and GI Jane joke and it was a pretty funny joke that he rightfully laughed at at the beginning but anyway i'm not going to talk about them he doesn't deserve a spot on my podcast but it is an apt example and something that is current in the time so continuing on Jonathan Haidt in the video starts to you know talk about how you know when you carry that over where you know, we have these feelings of insecurity, of anxiety, of depression, suicide. Another thing that he noticed between the difference of Generation Z and iGen is that political discourse is completely destructive now. You know, before we used to have that that idea and that philosophy that we can agree to disagree. You know, we had a good conversation. I heard your points out. You heard my points out. But at the end of the day, I still believe what I believe and you still believe what you believe. And you know what? We can still be civil and we can even still be friends. Where nowadays, can you imagine that happening? Could you argue with somebody about how rotten and awful a person Gavin Floyd was? With one of those people who have been indoctrinated into believing that he is a saint? That it was meritorious to replace a school name after Martin Luther King Jr. for George Floyd instead, a guy who held a gun at a pregnant woman's belly? That's insane. But that's where we are. And so how do we fix this problem? How are we going to fix this problem when we can't even speak to each other in this so-called social media world that we live in? It was supposed to make us closer. And instead, it didn't. It was like fire. You know, that fire, it's good. It it, it gives us warmth. It it helps us cook meat and, and are able to enjoy more things because of it. But fire can also be destructive. And social media... You know, it's the same thing. You get on Twitter and it's just nasty. You know, and Instagram, he also talks about too, which isn't as nasty as Twitter, but it's kind of like, look at me, you know, and let me give you all my highlights. So that way you feel insecure about what you're doing and getting done in your life. You know, mind you, it maybe it took three hours to get the one picture taken because we all hate each other, but you see the photo, you see paradise, you see ease, you see all these other things that you're jealous of, but you don't really get to see what it took to get there. You don't see what happened afterwards. You know, it's easy to want to be like somebody else, but you forget, like we've mentioned in previous podcasts, what they had to go through and would you really want to knowing, you know, afterwards what they went through? Would you really want to exchange your life for theirs? I would think mostly... You know, that most people would not want to do that. So then he starts talking about, you know, how crime in the 80s was, you know, that it was we hung out outside. You know, our parents used to tell us, don't come home until the city lights turn on because they didn't want us in the house. They didn't want us watching television. They didn't want us in front of a laptop. They didn't want us staring at a stupid screen on a phone. They wanted us to go out and socialize. They wanted us to go out and work out and ride our bikes and play basketball and, you know, learn how to deal with people who are not polite and learn how to deal with people who are amazing and how to make friends with strangers and how to, you know, take advantage of deals and how to swindle and hustle and how to throw game at ladies, you know? I mean, these were the things that we learned when we weren't staring at a stupid screen. But his point, though, is that although there was more crime in the 80s than there is now, there's less kids outside playing in the parks. And why is that? Why have we become such an overprotective generation of parents where we're so afraid of things that are going to happen to our kids that ironically never happened to us? You know, why do we project our fears on our kids to where then our kids start to carry the burden of our irrational fears? You know, in his book, he talks about a group, you know, that even made like, like stickers or something that they would give to their kids so that police officers wouldn't pull them over thinking that they were being neglected or abandoned by their parents. You know, and it said something like, hey, my name is, you know, Kristoff and, you know, my parents know that I'm out and they give me permission to walk around. I'm exploring my world. Please don't, you know, interrupt me. Let me be, you know, let me be a free kid. I mean, how crazy is that, that you have to say something like that in our society because to have a child walking outside by himself exploring the world would be considered odd nowadays. Why aren't you staring at a screen? It's like, holy crap, what is this, Fahrenheit 451? I got to be staring at a screen? Why are my lights the only ones that are on during daytime television? I mean, is that really where we are? Please, folks, let's keep science fiction fiction. All right, those things weren't challenges for us to make true. They were warnings. If anything, Jonathan Haidt then continues on, and he talks what is arguably my favorite part of the video, where he talks about a man named Nassim Taleb, and he's a guy who coined this term, anti fragility. You know, he wanted to kind of know what 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 you call something that when you drop it, it doesn't break, but it actually gets better. You know, like glass, if you were to drop it, it shatters into a million pieces and good luck getting it back together. You know, that's why we give kids plastic cups because it's more resilient, but you drop a plastic cup, it doesn't shatter all over the place, but the cup doesn't get any better. All right, probably now has scratches and dents on it and stuff. And so Nassim Tlaib wanted to know, what do you call, what do you call it when a person goes through that stress and actually comes back stronger. And so he came up with the term anti-fragile. And Jonathan Haidt wants to popularize this term for our children, that we need to raise our children as anti-fragile children, knowing they are not going to break. Yes, life is hard. As I've mentioned many times already, the Taoists even show us that life is pain. The Bible mentions that there certainly will be trials and tribulations. You know, one of my favorite quotes in the entire book, The Coddling of the American Mind, is that we have to prepare our children for the road. We need to stop preparing the road for our children, which is really what all of these radical organizations are trying to do. They're trying to make this perfect world that their son or daughter can walk through and never feel ostracized and never feel isolated and never having any negative feelings. But that's trash. You're creating a weak child. And when that child goes out into a harsh world they are going to have a hailstorm. You need to teach your child to be strong so that when they confront all the dragons and obstacles that life will throw at us, they don't run away in fear, they don't cower. They stand They overcome, they break, but then they come back stronger. Think about our muscles. You break down your muscles when you do curls, you give it a day of rest so that it builds back, but it doesn't just build back to that same level, it builds back stronger. That's why you can go from 15 pound dumbbells to 20 pound dumbbells in a week. And then you go to 30 pound dumbbells after a month because we're getting stronger and the human mind is the same way. We get stronger through experience. When bad things happen to us, we learn from them. When we put our hand in the hot stove, we learn we don't put your hand on a hot stove. Look for signs. It's the red light that says, you know, the indicator for a hot su- surface. Is that on? You know, we start asking people, hey, have you been cooking soon? We learn how to prevent ourselves from burning. We become better, smarter, wiser. Those are the kind of kids we need to develop in our society, ones that can handle threats and challenges because threats and challenges are needed to grow and get better. We can't stretch ourselves always dealing with the same thing. If all you do is curl 10-pound dumbbells, you're not going to get stronger. You got to push yourself and challenge yourself and give you something a little bit more. And that's how we become stronger. And it's the same thing with our hearts and our minds. We got to recognize that we're not weak. We're not fragile. Words don't hurt us. We give those people power over us when we allow simple words. I mean, who are they? They don't know me. They don't know you. They don't know us. So why do we care what they say? That's another danger of social media is that it's given a bullhorn to strangers that we don't even know. And they affect our lives to the point where people are committing suicide because they start believing it. We gotta learn, we learn best from life's experiences. Pain is a hell of a teacher. And it's not from parental lectures. I mean, I wish my children would learn from every speech that I give them. I wish my students would learn from every speech that I give them. I can tell them until I'm blue in the face that the stove is hot. But there are some people that just have to do it. They have to put their hand on there. They have to know, well, what is your idea of hot? Doesn't match up with my idea of hot. Does it really hurt as much as you say it will? You know, I mean, some people have to investigate and do it and then they become wiser. Are they going to burn their hand? Yeah, they are. But I bet you they'll never do it again. And I bet you maybe even then they'll start building a new schema in their brains that I can listen to people who have experienced this before. Like the guy told me the stove was hot and he was right. Maybe there's other people telling me things too that I should pay more attention to. You know, maybe all my friends telling me, hey, don't go out with that guy because he's just going to hurt you. He's just a womanizer. You know, do you really have to go through the experience and feel used and abused and left for nothing? Or can you just listen to your friends and say, you know what, I'm going to listen to you guys because I don't want to get hurt. And you guys telling me that this guy hurts a lot of people, maybe won't be in my interest to go to him. You know, and you start learning there and then you become wiser and stronger because now you're learning from the sages and people with experience and wisdom. So I'm going to leave it right there. I think that's a good place to stop. Uh I do want to apologize for not having an episode last week. That was on me. We had spring break. I got three beautiful children who hung out with me throughout the entire break and I just I couldn't find any time and when I did, you know, I was so exhausted again I had three kids that I just I couldn't get my point myself to a point where I wanted to, uh, you know, to share something with you guys. So I do apologize for that. Um, and uh, and I'll try, uh, you know, to at least maybe have an episode where I'm letting you know that, you know, everything is okay. And then I'll have an episode next week or something and not just leave you hanging like I did. Uh, so if you can find it in your heart to forgive me, I'd really appreciate it. So thank you for joining me today. If you like this episode, please share it. And in case you haven't already hit that subscribe button and leave a review. It would help me and the podcast out tremendously so we can share the word with more people. You can also support me and the podcast over at Patreon. Just visit patreon.com backslash Perspective and become a member of Pachos Chachos. God bless you guys and have an amazing life. We'll meet again next week where we're going to discuss Jordan B. Peterson's rule number five. Don't let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Until then, guys, Thank you.